You're listening to Eyes Forward March, a podcast geared towards building the core of the non-commissioned officers. Heat up your MRE, crack open a cold rippet, and join your platoon daddies, Sergeant Bacon and Sergeant Seaguard, as they continue to build networking skills, have some laughs, uplift morale, and talk about daily issues soldiers face. Let's begin. Hey everyone, I'm John. I'm Andrew. And I'm Kevin. And we are the Video Video Game Game Lounge Lounge Podcast. Podcast. What are you guys doing? You're supposed to do it together, Kevin. (laughs) Title of your sixth dude. Alright, yes, this is the Video Game Lounge Podcast. Podcast not here for notes and news, but to talk games and drink brews. Join us every other Monday. Where we talk about what you're drinking, what you're playing, and most importantly, each episode we discuss games of past, present, and the involvement it may or may not have influenced us. Oh, that was quick. That's what she said. Got him. Last time on Eyes Forward March. We're going to belly up to a bar and have some drinks and either talk it out or fight it out. In my mind, my perception of the situation is that they don't understand my war. Theoretically, there's going to be a 40-year gap where there's no veterans that are actively supporting... But if I want a rolling rock, rolling rock, why do I struggle with alliteration? And we get to talk and we get to vent and uh, enjoy a cold rip it. We want that camaraderie. We want that therapy. Everybody knows that uh, Seagar goes on wild tangents and uh, derails the whole train. But we can't, we can't mine it. We can't tap into it. It's, it's fucking, what's that goddamn money pit? Let's begin. I was thinking about Oak Island. Oh, the Curse of Oak Island? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what the VFW is for us, right? The, we know that the treasure is there, but we can't access it. That That's not a bad analogy at all. Um, and here's, and I'm going to go back to where you talked about the, the guys from Iraq and Afghanistan have more PTSD or, or have PTSD worse than any of us do. I disagree with that. I think that they have the PTSD. You, you have to. I think the generational gap affords them the luxury of being able to deal with it differently than we do now. I mean, back then, if you got a gunshot to the arm and it just grazed you, you're like, well, shit, I can still pull the trigger. We're good. But now we grow up If as a man. If you talk to a female and at, try to slide a little fart out and end up shitting yourself, now you have PTSD. You'll never be able to talk to a woman the same again because everything that doesn't go our way is post-traumatic. True. We're so freaking sensitive. Well, we've been so diluted. Yeah. Society has diluted that, right? Where you used to be able to fucking crop dust somebody and no big deal, right? In 2003, I was sitting in a tent and somebody farted and I swear to God, somebody died. But I breathed it in, and I'm fine. Matter of fact, I still laugh about it today. That's that heavy lung (laughs) respiratory particles. Yeah, you know, you get used to it. But, I mean, here's my thing. Nowadays, we've grown into this culture where if somebody makes an advance towards me, which if you don't know what I look like, some of you do, but if if you knew what I looked like, you would know that that truly has never happened. Like, just say no. Punch a dude in the dick and walk away. It's not PTSD. Oh, probably not. Give a quick cooter punch. I don't give a shit what you have to do. Just freaking move on. Like, not everything is PTSD. And again, uh, we're right. rambling on. 
we'll get there. Do we need to talk to our people at the VFW and the American Legion? 100% yes. 100% yes. And I say that because history is always written in books. I don't like to read books. I don't have time. My, my life is too damn busy. I don't read books like I should. So where do I learn about history? From talking to people and hearing their experiences. And from this podcast. It goes on further down the line. Old problems, different solutions, right? Is what the title of this part is. They're talking about the American Legion and the VFW have both been around for more than a century. And they were created to build a community among veterans returning from the horrors of war. It started with the veterans of the Spanish-American War. Yep. And they began forming societies as a way to cope with their trauma and meet fellow service members. By 1899, in Columbus, Ohio, James C. Putnam organized... Is it Putnam or Putnam? Putnam. P-U-T-N-A-M. Yep. P-U-T-N-A-M. I don't know if it's Putnam or Pat, uh, Putnam. Tomato, tomato. Sorry, James, if I butchered your name. He organized <laughs> the American Veterans of Foreign Service the predecessor for the modern-day VFW. At that time, membership in the VFW was only available to those who served in a war, a campaign, or expedition on foreign soil or in hostile waters and were honorably discharged. So that made that club very small. It literally is only open to plausibly 1% of the population. However, when you were talking 2.1 million members or 2.2 million members whatever it was that's not enough so that's why they created the vfw auxiliary and that's where you can just be a proud supporter and be a member so it says in 1919 men from the american expeditionary forces from world war one gathered in paris france to create their organization the american legion it is the largest veteran service organization in the country because of its broad membership qualifications. Any veteran who has served at least one day of active military duty since the attack on Pearl Harbor on December 7, 1941, and was honorably discharged, is eligible for membership. All you have to do is go to basic training for one day and get an honorable discharge. That's what they're saying. Yes. Okay, just making that sure. Because the way that they make this sound is that you... You just, here's the requirement, but you have to be like this elitist. No, you just have to join, go to basic training because you're on active duty in basic training. One day, honorable discharge, you can be a member of the VFW. No, the American Legion. Oh, the American Legion. Legion is one day of active duty with an honorable discharge since December 7th, 1941. Okay. My point is still the same for the American Legion. Yes. The VFW says you have to have been in hostile waters and foreign country and a bunch of other 32 other flavors of qualification. I don't think it's that hard. Okay. Right. So it says both groups saw their membership peak in the 20th century. The American Legion boasted more than 3.3 million members at its height in 1946. Okay. Okay. According to an article from the Wall Street Journal and the VFW we talked about had a record 2.1 million members in 1992. As of today, those figures have been cut in half. So we're talking, what, one and a half million for the Legion and one million for the VFW. Right. Roughly. Ru yeah, roughly. But I mean, this is not a problem that is new. 
I mean, the both the American Legion and the VFW have they've been facing this problem for a long time. So we're looking at this. It says uh, this isn't a new problem. It's one of American Legion and VFW organizations have been facing for years. You're you're you just read what I just said. <laughs> A 1972 article in the Wall Street Journal warned warned that the American Legion was fading away, noting that the Vietnam veterans were not joining the organization at the same rate as those from World War II. The decline of the American Legion membership is happening at a much steeper rate in the 21st century. In 2005, the organization boasted 2.65 million members. The number decreased by nearly 1 million in 15 years. So it says the American Legion still has a large presence across the country with 12,450-odd posts as of 2020. And, and that's why the American Legion and the VFW are still relevant is because they have the brick-and-mortar locations. The problem yes. is getting new members into those brick-and-mortar locations. Younger members. Well, yeah, younger members because... I mean, I guess you could have another 76 or 80-year-old join, but, I mean, you're only going to get dues for a couple of years because thus is life. But let me ask you a question. And I, sure. and I know we're in the article, uh, you know, and we're kind of just kind of running through it and so on. But you said earlier that you used to be a member of the VFW. Now, yes. when were you a member? So kind of a multi-part question. When were you a member of the VFW? Why were you a member of the VFW? And why are you not today? So when? Uh, it was like 2004 to like 2006. Okay. Okay. So why? I'd just gotten back and they were doing like a, a discounted rate, right? So membership was half price. Yeah. Your, your quote unquote yellow ribbon cel- ceremony, yellow right. ribbon ceremony Hey, you want to be a member of the VFW? You just served, you know, hoorah. And yeah, okay, cool. I'll sign up. Right, exactly. So that was why. That was the why right yeah. there. Because it was, hey, it was pushed. It was like, I can, I'm actually part of this club now. Yep. Right? And why did I stop? I had kids. I'm fucking busy. I don't have time. I don't have another. There's only so many days in the week, you know? And so with everything else I have going on, that's one more night a week that I don't have, right? Right. And so, I mean, to make this happen tonight, I had to call you and be like, hey, I'm going to be a half hour late than normal because I have to do this. Right. This other thing. Right. And it's not necessarily that your life is busy or so on and so forth, but they did not show you a value because the value of you writing down your information for that free year or that 50% discount a year, whatever it was. All right. Sure. You know, I'm in the spirit. I just got back from war. But from the time that you signed up to the year later when it came time to renew your membership, the organization failed to show you what the value of the organization was. And and that's kind of not the VFW, but the American Legion. That's what happened to me when I first got exposed to the American Legion. They're like, hey, we're going to give you your first year free, da, 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 da. And I'm like, all right, cool, you know. And it was basically just, the old guy running around trying to get members, trying to build up the member database. And what this right. guy did would he would come around every year and be like, give me my money, give me my money. And I'd be like, where's my value? No, I'm not giving you any money. And it wasn't until two years ago that a, a Legion commander called me up and said, hey, I want to come into your armory. I want to talk to the soldiers. 
And I talked to him for probably two hours before he talked to my soldiers. And I'm like, now I understand the value of your organization. Yes, absolutely. Here's my 40 bucks a year. Mm-hmm. I think this article ultimately comes down to the organization is good. They have a value, but they suck ass at getting the value across to the consumer. I think that's called marketing. It is. But you know what they're going to do? They're going to do the exact same thing the army does. They're going to spend a billion dollars in marketing to make a thousand bucks. And to go back to what it was. Yeah. So the next paragraph here talks about the American Legion is congressionally chartered. Historically, membership was available only to veterans who served during designated conflicts of war that excluded those who had served in the Cold War or covert operations. But in 2019, the Legion Act was signed by President Donald Trump, making membership a possibility for more than 4 million veterans who served in those unrecognized eras. This lady then goes on to say that um, they hope this will lead to lead will lead to more people joining the group. Rigid eligibility requirements are part of why membership is declining at VFWs. The nat wow, the nature of America's military involvement of deploying troops overseas during the conflict has shrunk significantly since World War II. We've got an all-volunteer force now where less than 1% of the American population serves the country. America isn't making new veterans that are eligible to join the VFW. So there seems to be a little bit of a uh, deflection there. Yeah. That that it's America's fault that we're not at war. Uh, with that with that whole paragraph, there's a lot of things wrong. Oh, 100%. But again, it's one person's opinion. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. That person said that we are now an all-volunteer force. Yes, we don't have the draft. So we are a volunteer force, and that's what makes us more deadly than any other force in the in the world is because people who want to go do this shit are going to do it good. There, There's a quota. It's and, and let's just give or take 1% of the population. And as far as I know, that doesn't change much. As far as the VFW or the American Legion goes, you got 1% of the population that you can hit to become members. So they interviewed this other guy. Uh, his name is Robert Skinner. He's an 83-year-old Army veteran from the Korean War. He said changing the requirements would be saving grace for his group. Now, at 83 years old, he's the post, the VFW post commander in uh, Onaway, Michigan, where he has five members who are active in the meetings and planning. He told Military.com he needs to fill eight seats on his board. If he can't get enough, he'll have to relinquish control of the group to the district's post leadership, effectively closing his building. He speculated that changing the membership requirements might give a small boost to some of the posts. About eight years ago, it started to decline, and since then, it's been constant decline. I don't see how changing the eligibility requirements could make things any worse. I mean, and at 83 years old, for him to be, look, it's broke. We got to fix it. What we're doing isn't working. That's very forward thinking because that generation is, we've always done it this way. Why would we change it? And he's recognizing that, look, these guys are veterans. The war is over. Let's still include them into this club. That's an actual really good point. I kind of want to sit there and think to myself, where is this VFW? I assume they're right outside the front gate of an active duty base. And I don't know. I think also 
I don't think Onaway, Michigan is close to anything. Okay. Well, then there you go. So that was where I was going is if you are a VFW post that's very close to an active duty post, you're probably not experiencing this issue as hard as a post that is out in the middle of nowhere. You know, it's almost kind of like when you look at like uh, TRICARE. Maybe if you're on an active duty post, you get VFW uh, rules. And if you're nowhere near an active duty post, maybe you get uh, VFW prime remote rules. What if you're a technician? Well, you're fucked. <laughs> this is an issue that I have across the, the spectrum. Is It's a one shoe fits all corporation mentality, but we are literally spread like sand. When you're talking about 1% of the population, we are spread like like sand across the country. Well, actually, across the world. Um, so this commander, he goes on to say, ultimately, to fill the growing void left by older generations of veterans who have passed away, both organizations need to recognize to recruit the last, latest generations of service members from Iraq and Afghanistan. I kind of stumbled on that. But he's saying that for these guys, for the VFW and the Legion to grow, they have to recognize we need to go after the post 9-11 war people. The guys like you and me and younger. Sure. And we have we have already suggested a very few minor things that could be done to entice our generation to uh, come and visit. Yeah. I think we're getting on to that last section here. It is called Fighting the Stereotypes. Let's get to fighting. Arr. So the VFW conducted a focus group last summer with a group of veterans mostly under the age of 50, and it asked them what they knew about their local organizations. Let's say I come from the VFW, I come up to you, and I'm like, hey, what do you know about the VFW and the Legion? Prior to your two-hour conversation, you're going to say, I don't know, fuck all, it's, right? Uh, yeah, that's where uh, old military guys go to get drunk. I don't know. Cheap cigarettes and cheap beer. Right. And cheap whiskey. Well, it's more just cheap beer and whiskey now, because... I don't even know if there's a place left in the U.S. where you can still smoke in. Though, I will point out that the VFW is technically a members-only bar, and in most states like mine, they should be exempt from the smoking laws. However, for some reason, they are not. Because they don't want to get fined for something else. So most of the people said the VFWs are basically bingo halls with a bar. Yeah. I don't know if I would was... associate bingo hall, but yeah, I get it. Oh, yeah. When I lived... At my other home, um, certain nights of the week were bingo nights. And so you could, I would walk out and go for a run, take the dog out for a walk, whatever. Yeah. And as I would go, I wouldn't cross that road to go over there, but I would go the other way. But I always look and you could always tell when it was bingo night because the place was fucking packed. You know, by the time I got back from my run, it was thinking empty. about that though. I get why they did bingo, right? Because at one point in time, bingo is very popular. And I'm sure it still is amongst the uh, freaking granddads out there. And if that's your sport, by all means, good sir, play, play on. But why didn't the uh, VFWs, uh, because shit for a long period of time, and it might still be slightly relevant today, why did the VFWs not host poker nights? You didn't have to play for money. You could have figured out a way to play for like in a $100 bar tab or some shit. Interesting. So this person that they interviewed goes on to say, those stereotypes are the ones that they continue to combat. It's fair to say that veterans enjoy going to the, into a bar and swapping war stories and maybe 
that was the extent of it. But over the years, veterans' desires just have changed drastically. Yeah, they're a lot. Yeah, they're a lot more aware of the image, and they're focusing on that image to be sure that veterans know what they represent. Holy shit! There's a huge gap. We've talked about this. The forty year gap ish. You can't go from playing freaking Elvis Presley and freaking you know Stevie Ray Vaughan in the jukebox to uh, now we're going to just start having a live DJ and freaking uh, we'll throw up a stripper pole and but she got to keep her drawers on you know there's this gap and <laughs> there's no way to cleanly close that gap you have to figure out a way to close the gap and you just can't you just can't because grandpa bob just wants to freaking mow his lawn come in sweaty and drink a bush light sergeant seagar just wants to come in and freaking rave to the club music with his fucking stolen chem lights and have a freaking hot toddy and the bar don't have a microwave so you ain't getting your toddy hot You just painted a picture of like some seventy-year-old lady in granny panties on a stripper pole. Well, that was not my intent, but you know, wherever your mind goes, she gotta keep her drawers on. <laughs> Don't take off the knickers, Granny. Don't take off the knickers. Oh hell no! Slow down! You're trolling way too fast. <laughs> granny had a heart attack. Oh shit! But I mean, is that not real though? No, that's exactly it. You've got a 40-year-old gap between the 80-year-old and the 40-year-old. I want to go in and listen to Godsmack. They want to go in and listen to Elvis or the Beatles or some other shit band. Here's the trick. 1980s. There is not a soul alive on this planet that cannot tolerate 1980s hairband. You can play that anywhere, anytime, and everybody's like, eh, this is cool. Yeah, that's true. Flock of seagulls or something. Yeah, I mean, uh, freaking mid-80s Billy Poison. Joel. Yeah, everybody, Guns yeah. N' Roses. If you go out and you just play 1980s rock and roll, everybody will listen. Everybody will be happy. You you go before the 80s, the new population gets tired. You go after the 80s, yeah, I mean, maybe you can hit the 90s a little bit. But, I mean, just stick to the 80s. Problem solved. There you go. Here in Celestin, <laughs> Seagar 316 says, play the 80s. <laughs> just just play the 80s. Gospel according to Seagar. Funny story, and this is completely out, and we'll get back to it right after this. Funny story, when my wife and I got married, we hired a DJ, and I said, okay, here, here's what we're going to do. We're going to start the night in the 60s. An hour later, you're going to go into the 70s. An hour later, you're going to go into the 80s. By that time, all the 60s and 70s people have left, play the freaking 80s she's like got it we showed up she was two sheets to the wind and i heard will i am on repeat i was so pissed i was like this is super simple like i could have been the groom and dj'd and done better than you were you trying to get it started (laughs) yeah right anyway let's get back to the 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 topic at hand all right so the legion has this kind of the same problem they've been front and center of the veterans health issues for decades such as uh, to work on the health consequences, like we said, of burn pits, ancient orange, uh, Gulf War syndrome, stuff like that. They announced this week, so whenever this article was written, middle of April-ish was when this article was written, that they were conducting some rebranding and 
showcasing a more modern logo for the website and social media accounts. It's a small thing, yeah. says this dude, but he hopes it shows the organization is starting to recognize that changes need to be made. I mean, you got to start somewhere, right? If it starts to something as simple as nobody has time to say American Legion and you make some really cool AL looking bullshit thing. I don't know. I don't need to freaking uh, scan a QR code and watch parakeet shit on my head. I, I really don't. The American Legion here has done really good just stepping in and being like, hey, this is what we do. Like, if everything is going great in your life, we're just here. But if you're a member and shit hits the fan, all you got to do is call. And we're here for your help. That right there alone yeah. says, but well, that's worth my money. Right. They're, they're not going to be. And, and, and I do want to point out, because I, I do have this thought in my head. That when you sit there and be like, oh, hey, American Legion, um, my my car broke down. I need a new car. They ain't going to fix your car. They're going to find a way to help you fix your car. But you ain't getting your car fixed for free. Exactly. Keep in mind that if you have a problem, the VFW and the American Legion, they are organizations that are there and they are available for help. They are not available to solve your problem instantly. Just wanted to get that out there. Yeah. So this same guy, he says... We really want to sort of signal that we've got some things going on here for our membership and our prospective memberships as well. While the memberships in the VFWs and American Legion halls skews towards the older, some post commanders are stepping up the ways to plate and try. Oh, let me read this. Again. <laughs> some post commanders are stepping up to the plate to try and recruit younger veterans at the start of 2021. A, uh, VFW post in Wooddale, Illinois, voted to close its doors. The commander of the post had stepped down, and nobody wanted to take on the responsibility of running the group. So this other Air Force veteran uh, in Desert Storm, the second least represented group of veterans in service organizations, caught wind of this situation on Facebook. He decided now was the time to step up after it was closed, and he was sworn in as a VFW, VFW member and the commander of local post 30 days later. Yeah, and uh, Mr. Williams, I know you're not going to listen. You're not going to hear that, but good for you. Um, and, and even earlier in, in the article, uh, one post is looking for eight board members. It, walk into your damn VFW. Walk into your American Legion and be like, I want to actively help. Not, I want to help. How do I actively help? Find out what right. the situation is and figure out where you can fit in. I will say this about boards, because I've been part of groups before, and I hate boards, especially boards where you have to, every little thought, every idea, every little passage of the wind from the colon beneath, you have to get approval for. It's like, let me get this shit moving. So Mr. Williams goes on to say that he inherited about seven to 10 active members and a solid revenue stream because of a state gaming license. And now they can provide video poker at the post bar. The one main thing Williams wants to change is the culture of Wooddale's post. There's a ton of Afghanistan and Iraq vets out there that aren't coming to the VFW. And that's my goal. If I get a young guy to come through the door and he's just curious about it, he's not going to stay if we have Bonanza on the TV. So if they're in there drinking shitty beer, Smoking cheap cigarettes, watching Bonanza. This brings up a good point. Okay, let's just say that you were to walk in to um, be a post commander because your post is struggling, right? 
and you know you have that 40-year gap. Look at your VFW alone. Is it old panel wooding? Is it old shitty seats? I don't know how much money you have to work with, but in my mind, I would think, okay, let, let's play this. Let's take half the bar and let's gear it towards those uh, Afghanistan, Iraq uh, vets. And let's make a other half or maybe a slightly but unnoticeable portion uh, towards our old veterans who served. And then what if you built a common ground in the middle? So that would, like, if you're the old 80-year-old guy, you're going to walk in, you're going to go over to the uh, the area that's set up like you're used to, and you're going to walk this way, and you're going to walk over to where the Afghanistan, the new age people are set up. But there's something in the middle to draw you together and start conversating and start talking, and then eventually everybody meets in the middle as, and I hate to say this because this is going to sound rude as shit, but the old guys die off. And eventually the Afghanistan side just kind of starts to bleed that way. I mean, that's business, right? In any type of bar situation, you need to upgrade and change every three years. Mm -hmm. Or so. It's like we got an establishment. All we got to do is keep mold off the ceiling and a fucking toilet doily in the freaking urinal and we're good. Well, and like how many times have you ever heard the story? It's like, yeah, you know, fucking Billy got in a fight at the uh, VFW. You got to go over there. You know where the second exit door is? You know, that's where his head got shoved into the fucking wall, and you can still see the indent there. 20 years later. Billy got in a fight 50 fucking years ago, and they haven't fixed the hole in the wall in that long. Yep. You know, it's right to your point. I I think that's a big problem, and I know there's not a lot of money in a post to be able to remodel or do things every three years, but still... That, that plays into it. Like, if I'm going to go out and hang out with my buddies, I call my buddies even, like, my local VFW, it's open to the public. If I called my five main hangout buddies and been like, hey, guys, let's go to the VFW, they're going to be like, nah, I'm good. Because it's, yeah. it's more of a hole in the wall than the hole in the wall we normally go to. Right. That's just my thought. I, I don't know. No, you're, I mean, it's a, it's a much smaller hole in the Typically, wall. Typically, yeah. I guess my point is, is that I guess reflect, why are you not a member of your local VFW? Is there something that you can do to change it? I don't know, maybe see if you can get involved. I don't know. And uh, I'm a freaking, I'm blowing smoke because I'm not even a member. I got a couple more paragraphs and I got one thing, one thought I want to ask you. Don't let me forget. Okay. So, so it says in both of the American Legion and the VFW posts can continue to exist even if they don't have a brick-and-mortar building. Many local organizations meet at churches, schools, or recreation centers. This lady goes on to say that more posts will likely close in the coming years, but because of a national influence of the VFW and the American Legion, the organizations will will always continue to be present and there to support veterans. In a perfect world, the VFW would cease to exist because we would no longer be making veterans. But we know that that's probably not going to be the case. And as long as the America is making veterans, the VFW will be here. So my question to you is, so think about if you've ever been down to, if you've ever been to Camp Dodge, mm-hmm. and they got that place right off post called the the, the Boathouse. The Boathouse. Have you ever been there? Yeah. Yeah. Now imagine if that Boathouse was the VFW or the Legion. Okay. How successful would that place be? I, I, I really don't necessarily think that it would change. Exactly. 
because it's the location, you know? If I'm burying my VFW down in downtown, what, what Johnston, Iowa, right? Nobody's going to want to go there because I don't know my way around down there. So you're trying to make it even more elite, more local. Whereas with the boathouse, literally all I have to do is be sober and walk out the gate and then I can roll down the hill <laughs> coming back in. Yeah. So the boathouse located on the highest point outside of Camp Dodge, <laughs> it used to be that place where after you got done with your duty day, you would go and enjoy some drinks and da 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 da. Now it's more of just a bar that the people in the area and some soldiers that know it's there and, you know, kind of want to carry on the nostalgia of it, they go there. It is a hole in the wall, though they have made a lot of upgrades. They've like, it used to be a gravel lot. Now it's blacktop and so on and so forth. The problem is that, yes, soldiers walk up there. They have to jump over the um, horrible, they call it a fence, but it's, it's just a split rail. Yeah, split rail. And um, they go get hammered and they literally, they jump back over the split rail, tumble down the hill pass the F out and the tag because his house is the next stop between Camp Dodge and the boathouse, they all pass out on the tag's property. So in the morning, they're passed out with their butt cheeks hanging out and the tag wakes up and is like, um, this ain't right. So yeah. It's it's much it's much better to be coming from the boathouse passed out in the tag's front yard than it would be to be coming from the VFW pass out in the tag yard you know yeah i mean you look at it that way but yeah i mean i don't know i guess here here's my deal is when you're when you're at drill and stuff like that i don't think it's a great idea like on our drill weekends let's be real people like to have some rippets right and i'm an advocate of just go to the store get some rippets bring it back to the armory uh and and order food have food delivered just hang out, have a good time. Because if you get stupid and you puke in the corner, I'll rub your nose in it in the morning, but I can kill it at the lowest level. When you have to leave post, operate a vehicle, or stumble down a hill and land face down, ass up in the tag's yard, that doesn't stay at the lowest level. I guess with the VFW there and, and American Legions, if you have an American Legion that has a bar, there's plenty of them out there. Do your thing, but do it responsibly. Now, I'm going to shoot that question back at you, or a question back at you. What are some things that you would suggest if you were a post commander for the VFW? What are some things that you could do in your community to improve your membership? Well, I'd <clears throat> kind of figure out what the veterans of this generation want to do, so Let's just take the example, kayaking and marathons. I'd sponsor a fucking marathon or a 5K or a 10K or something, right? Yep. Draw that crowd out. Hey, we're going to go on our first annual ever fucking kayak adventure. Yep. I know I'm not taking 80-year-old grandpa with me, so I'm a, a intentionally trying to attract a much younger crowd. You do your thing, right? You kayak. When you're done, you you, give them your, you condense that two-hour sales pitch down to about 10 minutes. Yeah, if that. If that, hey, this is what we do. This is what we need to keep it going. Keep it fun. Keep it real too. We also have a building for our meetings. That building also has a bar, whatever, right? So that's what I would do. Yeah, I agree with that. And and you said it earlier. If 
you're going to sit there and say, well, the, the new generation, they like to do half marathons. I would find an organization that does half marathons, like the damned DSM or something like that. Be like, hey, we got, uh, how many runners you got? Oh, you got a uh, thousand runners? Okay, well, that's, that's three kegs. All right, cool. We're going to throw up a tent and when you cross the finish line, we got three kegs. They're free until they're tapped. If I was a post commander, I would make sure that I have somebody. I would have a volunteer on my board where you could call them up and be like, hey, uh, I want to come hang out and have some beers. And that guy would go out, pick you up from your house or wherever you're at, bring you to the bar. You could drink and then you'd get a ride home. It's kind of like Uber, but that's a perk of being a member of the VFW. Right. VFW Uber. Uber. Yeah, Uber. I I mean, there's just things that you can do. And I get it. Like, if you're in a remote location, which does it, it is a thing, it's probably not worth it, especially at prices of gas right now. But if you're in a major city, you can be like, hey, look, if you're within, you live within, I don't know, 15 miles of the, of the VFW, call us up. We'll pick you up. Have some fun. We'll take you home. Yeah. You know, there, I mean, there's so many things that need to change. Like I actually, 10 years ago, when I walked into a bar, if I was bored, I would walk up and I would play the video slot machines. Now I hate seeing them. Right. Like they're wasted space. Right. Yeah. That's two more seats or whatever. I, I again, going back, I would say music is a big thing. Find music that works for both parties of the gap. Cause ultimately I think the whole problem is bridging the gap. Right. Well, I don't know. Do you have more to add? I'm good. I am good. This was good. Please, dear Lord, let me hit the rap button. Looks like that's another mission completed. A 30-mile check ride in the bag. Hit us up, podcastefm at gmail.com. Or follow Podcast EFM on Instagram. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm Sergeant Bacon. And I'm Sergeant Seagar. As always, eyes forward. March. Time for some not work. important. Don't that's the same look my wife gives me. Small bladder, big balls. I right doubt there. it. You're a big balls.